The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com. Hello and welcome to Hidden Horsepower. We are back for PRI 2021, and the stars just keep rolling through. And I'm not talking about Keith Jones. No offense, Keith. Right, Nick Fair? I'm a B-roll player. No, he is not. That is not true, by the way. 25 years of total seal piston rings. How about you, Nick? Why don't you tell us about Keith? Let's start off with that, interacting with this guy. Um, Keith, he's a man of total seal. Um, I don't know how many years it's been since we've known each other. Forever. Yeah, yeah. forever. I've been there, it's like 25 years, so it's like, how long have you been building engines? Yeah, exactly. It's about 35 this year. Yeah, so 86 is when I got started and got serious about it in the 90s with Patterson's, and ever since I went to Patterson's, it's probably been a hand-in-hand -hand relationship with, you know, even back with Matt. Yeah, he was all still with, a salesman. Yeah, all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, all the way back in the beginning. How's the show going for you so far? First time back in a couple of years? First time back in a couple of years. Uh, it's been a good show. Um, you know, I've changed my direction a little bit compared to the past. 20 years with uh, you know post-stock racing and uh, still doing a lot of high-end engines with uh, comp eliminator and stuff and doing a lot of stock engines and uh, circle track engines and stuff so having to find some more resources with uh, you know, especially with fuel injection with open uh, spray cars open wheel spray cars and how their fuel management works and everything else so learning a lot of new stuff here the past couple years and uh, the show's been good so again trying to find new manufacturers new avenues and uh, people to work with that's kind of straight but that's kind to be kind of an interesting challenge right like you're pro stock pro stock pro stock and then it's like there's a whole world out there that you can so so how is that how is that how does that go when you're like this guy hey i made big power in pro stock let me try to build some power for you how is that received uh, good um it's it's kind of a double-edged sword a little bit the i've been able to take a lot of the local racers and it's it's amazing to me um and i not say anything critical about other builders but lack of detail um, in pro stock when you're you know, you're making 1400 horsepower you got 500 inches and and obviously pro stock was around generations before me but you know it's a deal where you're trying to make one or two horsepower and, and you're not finding tens 15s and 20s that's just not heard of and when you get these other engines in there and you just attention to detail and I, and I talked to, to Keith about it just with the ring packages they use and the radial tensions and stuff and you just take an engine and you make 30 more horsepower and you don't change any of the mechanical parts but you just pay attention to detail and you come out like a hero you know so then as over time goes on you start working on the parts and the combination and everything else and before you know you're squeezing 50 60 more horsepower out of these engines that um you know guys you know kind of just flabbergasted by what you can do with it and, and keith that's something we've heard on the podcast a lot of course we encourage everybody to subscribe apple podcast spotify soundcloud listen to the show go to the totalseal.com website you can find out more but that the drag racers that's the mentality yeah. and that it, it is expanding out but how many times have we heard that oh we've heard this dozens of times you know and, and and not picking on any builders out there not showing you know trying to show one side of this but you know but everyone i'm a drag race guy and that attention to detail that you know that drive to find that last one that last two and then when you can take that you know that philosophy and apply it to these other engines and you can see the places it's like wow you mean you really you, you kind of 
wow, that's a lot. You know, maybe they were looking for it. Maybe it was like, ah, we don't need that kind of power. But nobody ever comes at you and says, hey, what's the last time a guy came into your shop, Nick, and said, you know, Nick, I'd like to knock 20 horsepower. Right, right. What, what can we do? Yeah. Never. Never right. going to happen. Never so happen. that attention to detail, we've heard this from so many guys, and especially you know, coming out of guys that, you know, in the drag race world that have now been thrown into sprint car, circle track. I mean, you guys are kind of doing a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. And, and being able to take and apply that, those years of knowledge to that is just, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody. Because they're, they're, you know, they're, you know, the bottom line, they're able to get this knowledge and get what you can do and just, you know, bottom line, pay the bill and have some power. Right, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, of course, on the flip side of it, when I say the double-edged sword, I spent so many years in pro stock and focusing on a 500 cubic inch GM, DRC, two, three, or four engine, that when I did get back into a different kind of world of racing, um, I also look back to, like, man, the LS stuff and how big the LS stuff has. I couldn't even tell you what the difference between an LS1, 2, all, all these different iterations of engines. I, I was like, it was a whole new education to me, and I felt like I kind of let the tunnel vision of being in pro stock kind of not, not let the you know world around me not keeping up with that. So it's been a little bit of a, a struggle getting familiar with some of these other engine combinations, but at the end of the day, they're all air pumps. Right. You know, they got valves, they got lifters, and you know, crankshafts and pistons, and all the rings still work the same. It's just learning new combinations and, and how it all works. So, right, well, it's, it's still been educational. It's interesting, though, like about like the, the evolution of these engines. And think about you look around the LS without it. Wow, where right. would we be? I agree. With all this aftermarket stuff, be and the streetcar stuff, be and you get an LS and you put a pro charger on it. Oh my gosh, you're making over a thousand horsepower. Yeah, yeah, it's it's impressive, especially uh, today. You know, I'm I'm still very much an NA guy. I was just going to ask you. Uh, you know, I, I love NA, NA. You know, to, to squeeze every bit of power to, you know. But there's no doubt that you know the the generations today and, and the future of I think drag racing is is power adder stuff. And, and and there's no doubt, there's no arguing. If you know, I, I'd love to probably gonna have the opportunity to start racing again. I, I stopped racing in the '90s with Patterson Racing was probably the last time I ever competitively drove a race car down the racetrack. And working up there at uh, on West Side Machine and Racing, Tim Wallace has uh, a fleet of cars, um, drag race and circle track, and we're probably going to get an opportunity to start racing again. And hey, I'm looking go. forward to it. So, uh, but it's, you know, to run top sportsman, you know, to do it NA is about impossible. That, that, you know, <laughs> it is. So give us a little, you know, so you, you mentioned, because he's got drag cars, he's got circle track cars. I mean, you're going to start turning left? or you know? I, I want to give it a shot. Awesome, man. You know, I, I, I've always been a drag racer, but, you know, I got to admit, when you can go to a racetrack and you can hot lap and heat races and do a main and be done in one day and have a lot of seat time, you know, as opposed to going to drag racing, hurrying away three days, maybe five runs, if you know, unless you can get past first round, it makes for a long weekend. So there's some pluses on both sides, but on circuit track racing, you can come home with a lot of the race car too. Well, that's, there's always that. Well, you're, you're, you're about guaranteed to come up with all of those at some point. Yeah. Oh, the seat, the seat time experience, and you can finish last, but run your best lap and Absolutely. still feel you've accomplished something. Absolutely. Well, those guys come off the racetrack, and if they might be, like you said, last or fifth or whatever. I mean, you think they, they won the race. You know, drag racing, I mean, second place, you're going home with your head down. You're, 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 yeah, you're the last 
first loser, first loser, however you want to word it. Yeah, you, you didn't accomplish anything. It's, it's winner, it's winner, all or nothing. Congratulations. It's that same high. I'm, like, I'm, I'm the world's worst golfer. And I mean, tell it, trust me, you don't want to play around with me. But that, it's, it's walking away from that. That one time you drove the green and it made it all worthwhile. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm right with you on that one. It's like, wow, look at that. Yeah, I'm not yelling four. I'm just happy to land it right down the yeah, center. So. It went straight. I didn't break any windshields in the parking lot. You know, this is awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Keeps you know, coming back. Keeps coming back. So exactly. working with these guys on, on some of those other projects, uh, is, is it all fresh or do you, uh, do you lean on them for what they've already done? Like if you're in these new arenas, those combinations, like how do you find them? Like where do you start to figure out like what's going to be my next uh, yeah. combination? Um, you know, a lot of it is based off past history of what I've done in pro stock. Um, realistically, I've probably fallen a little behind on probably what the leading edge technology is, especially on the pro stock level um, with, with rings and developing rings. But, but in the same sense, what I'm doing with the engines that I'm building today will never run that kind of technology as far as the radial, you know, the, the thinness of the ring and the radial and all that. Because, you know, we got to build these motors to live. You know, right. Drag racing, you got to go three, 600 runs. Circle track racing, you know, these guys wanted to last a year. But, but but taking what we've done with, with coatings and rings and ring material and and again, you know, working with, with, with Keith or, or Matt or a, a Total Seal, um, still staying on the, on the edge of, of technology with, with that stuff, especially when it comes to cylinder wall finish. Um, I'm fortunate enough in our shop to, to have, I like to feel, some of the best equipment, you know, you can buy. And, uh, you know, years ago, like, you know, you were interviewing Larry Morgan earlier and having a conversation with him. And uh, talking about, like, Warren and, and Glidden and, and, and Larry. What we had to do, not even so much of me, you know, a little bit of me in the early years, but uh, um, they, they did so much by, by hand. You know, they had to do everything. You know, they didn't have CNC machines and they had, you know, I remember back having the lap rings to get a certain thickness and all that stuff. Now now we got manufacturers that keep those tolerances better than we could ever do by hand. And, uh, you know, and same with cutting ring lands and ring grooves and everything else. So now I can concentrate on other areas. So, you know, I I have an S, I have a Sun an SV30 machine that is a uh, diamond home machine, um, just like the Wattler and all that stuff like that. Um, I've uh, still use it today. So I designed my own home head with okay. Sunnen. Wow. Um, with with the diamond technology and stuff, which they, they, they sell today, and it has uh, in the big board stuff, it has 16 points of contact, and, and you know, of course, like other engine builders, whatever, I like to think I can get the straightest, roundest cylinder wall, and and by doing that, it makes the ring work easy, and and also by doing that, I can I can make the ring thinner, I can make the ring narrower, I can take radial tension out of a ring, which you know, piston rings are probably still the biggest factor as far as friction horsepower. So when you can release that out of an engine and still keep it sealed up and have good vacuum in an engine, it's, it's always going to be a win-win deal. Amazing. So, yeah. it, it makes my life a lot easier because so much of what we deal with every day that are perceived ring issues are not a ring issue. It's the environment the ring's living in. It can't, you know, it, making the best part we can possibly make, you know, I can't fix a screwed up cylinder. It's not going to take an out-around bore, something that's got bad bore geometry, improper finishes. It can't fix that. It just has to learn how to survive in it. And when you can eliminate that variable, as Nick has done and proven so many times, it makes it really easy for my part to do. It's 
this job and how amazingly thin, light, how low tension we can go when the environment it lives in is as good as it can be. Right. And that's, I mean, you know, like I say, the attention to detail. This, I mean, this man hot hones, folks. This is, this is taking it to, you know, to that next level. Yeah. Talk about that, that, that whole, the hot hone procedure. That's something that you, uh, you've been doing a lot of and you like. I've been doing a lot of, uh, fan, fan of it. You know, obviously it, it was pretty big years ago with, with Cup and all that stuff. And, uh, um, and a lot of people have tried it. A lot of people don't like it and haven't had a success. Um, again, it kind of refers back to me, attention to detail. Um, I think many people have heated up a block, but to make it work, it isn't going to do any good just to do 80% or 90%. If you're going to do it, you have to do it 100% in my mind the right way. And a lot of people don't know what the, maybe the right way is, too. Um, for example, I know a lot of people have just heated up a block with water circulating through it, but you have to hone a block that has ambient temperature fluid cleaning the abrasive going out. Well, I can't have a block that's 120 or 50 degrees with 70 degree cooling going through it. Kind of really defeats yeah. the purpose of it. Yeah. So, what you're trying to do. You know, you, everything has to be hot. Uh, the torque plates that I use, um, we did a lot of testing with um, Sun and years ago. Put a cylinder head on a block. Um, they have a pack gauge, which most people aren't going to afford to have. Um, it's a very high dollar gauge. Um, but we measure the bore concentricity, straightness, roundness, and everything else with, with a cylinder head on it. And then when you try different torque plates, steel, aluminum, thick, thin, um, all that stuff to try to best replicate um, a cylinder head being on an engine when you're honing it. Right. So came up with a good torque plate to, to replicate that. Um, and then, of course, you induce heat. And it's amazing to hone something without heat. Then you put a torque plate on it and hone it, how much it changes. And then just applying heat to it, how much a cylinder wall actually changes in shape with heat. And um, and, in, and by doing that, um, to get a straight, round finish um, with heat, we got to the point in the ProStock motor, a complete short block could be assembled, and I could grab the front of the crankshaft with the, with the hub on it, not the whole balancer, with just the hub, and turn it by hand. That, that's how little of frictional drag we had in the engine. And it worked. We'd still have vacuum, we'd still, you know, um, do everything that you, you wanted to do. And, uh, and a, a big contributor to that is, is the hot home. Um, you know, a lot of people would say, well, you know, we hot honed it and the back, the, the blow by went down, the vacuum went up, but we didn't see power at all. You're right. But again, it's like everything else. You know, you might change a camshaft on a motor. Well, you might have made more power, but a camshaft is directly reflective to the cylinder head, which is reflective to the intake manifold, to the header. So it's a combination, you know, um, just like the rings. You know, you might not see horsepower in it, but you have hidden horsepower by making a better ring pack. There you go. There it is. Plug there. Promo. Yeah. So there is, there's a lot of hidden horsepower in rings. So, you know, again, you just have to be able to, you know, you can be the best machinist in the world, but if you don't have the right equipment and also vice versa, you have the best equipment in the world if you don't have to do with it, you know, it all has to work together. And um, there, there's a lot of shops that are capable of doing it. There's a lot of shops that are still learning how to do it. But it's, again, it goes back to the beginning. Attention to detail. Attention to detail. It really is. You, you just, you really got to, I, 
I think to excel in this deal, you got to think outside the box. You really do. If, if you stay inside the box, you might get by, but you, you got to think outside. You land in that comfort zone, and it just becomes cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah, it becomes cookie cutter, and to get that step ahead, um, you know, you really got to think outside the box. You got to keep trying. One of the things you were talking about hot owning, I've actually had a guy, and we actually experienced this quite a few years ago. Besides even hot owning, is pressurizing the cooling system. Yes, because that makes the cylinders move as well. It does, and um, and I've actually started to look into it. I can't say that I've, I've done that yet, but, but you're right. The, the few resources I have and friends that I still have in the cup world, you know, 40, 60 pounds, they say makes a huge Things difference. Move. Things move. We, we saw an aluminum sprint car engine. Yeah. Could not figure yes, out why it kept coming out looking the way it did. Yeah. Because I knew how it was owned. I knew it was yeah. done correctly. But yet, I'm seeing this wear in the cylinders. Yeah. And we finally kept playing with it, playing with it, playing with it, and pressurizing the cooling system. That was it. Yeah. No, you're 100% correct. And, uh, you know, and there's never an end to it, you know, and of course... Well, that'll lead to the next thing. It'll lead you to the next thing. You know, I don't know if we'll ever be able to simulate what actually happens when that spark plug ignites and what goes on in that cylinder wall if you'll the major. It would be, it'd be interesting to know. I've said that so many times. You know, a little guy riding up and down yeah. telling me the details. It's, it's not working yet. No. It's not working yet, but it's, it's sure interesting to try to, you know, and that's the cool thing is you, you try to imagine what's happening, you know. Uh, well, a lot of it, you know, like I explain to people all the time, it is forensics. It's, it is that education of looking at the parts coming back apart. You know, the hours that you spend putting it together, you need to spend hours taking it back apart and looking and examining. I mean, what you can learn simply looking at the piston, how it's rubbed, where it's rubbed, what it touched, where it didn't touch. Because that's as important as, okay, well, it rubbed here, but it didn't rub over here. Well, that tells me it's not expanding the way I think it's expanding. Looking at all those little details, and in your case, you're looking at the valves, looking at the spring, you're looking at the seat going, well, there's something going on here. And it'll tell you a lot, just paying attention to it when you take it apart. Oh, I absolutely agree. And if anything, it's almost, you know, you said it's equally as important. I think tearing down an engine is even, it's probably, a lot of people think it's the, the grunt job, I guess, in right. the shop. Oh, exactly. It's the most important job. Wow. Because I, I need to learn, you know, because it is. It's, it's, it's like being a patient going to the doctor's office. That, that, that's my patient now. And I got to read and, and see the story behind it before. Because when it goes back together, I've done all the machine work. I've done everything I can do in the clearances. Then it's just a puzzle. You get it together. But analyzing it and dissecting it as it comes apart absolutely is, is worth a thousand dollars. Absolutely. 100%. Nick, at the end of each episode of Hidden Horsepower, and we're going to have to get you again, obviously, over the phone line when we're not here at the show. But uh, we always look for a little advice for the next generation out there, and I, I, I like to keep doing it even even here. You know, you, there's young kids out there. We're in an industry where we need, we need a new wave to come in and take over and keep going. You're kind of um, you, you represent that new wave from the last generation. How would you? What would you say to the next generation out there? Like a bit of a nugget that could be helpful to them. Um, you know, open-minded. Listen. You know, and everybody has their opinions and stuff like that. But you know, take everything in. You know, decipher. You know what works, what doesn't. Experiment on your own. Always have an open mind. Think outside the box. Never, uh, never have the closed mind to things that work. There's, there's so many things that I've learned in this industry to where, you know, I look back at things that I've tried decades ago that didn't work, and, and a lot of times when things don't work, you, you chuck it out the back, you never look at it again. A lot of things that haven't worked in the past come full circle and, and work today. Um, so, you know, technology is an amazing thing. Technology is an amazing thing. It really is. It's, uh, it, it really is. Um, you know, ask questions. You know, that's one thing. I, I, I did a lot of learning on my own, but I was, I'm 
still pretty quiet, kind of reserved person. I'm not a salesman. You know, I'd rather, I don't like to be in the limelight a whole lot. You know, even doing this at first was like, uh, you know, I get tense with it. But, you know, get comfortable no, no. and stuff. Just but, eat, uh, I know. But, um, you know, just ask questions. That's the biggest thing. It's just, just ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And, uh, you know, don't be intimidated by certain people or whatever else. Just keep an open mind, ask questions, and uh, set goals. And, and, and you know, that, that's really probably, and, and, you know, attention to detail. You know, I, I've said it a few times throughout the show is don't ever overlook anything. Um, just, you know, look at everything. Yeah, look at it all. It's a, yeah. pa- it's a package. It, it is. It is a package, and it all has to work together like a Swiss watch. Yep. Excellent. So, well, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. Horsepower. Have a great show. Uh, Keith, great job as usual once again. There you go. Hidden Horsepower presented by Total Seal from the booth here at PRI. Nick Ferry Racing Engines. And he does it all now, not just a pro stock guy. More episodes to come on Hidden Horsepower.